Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented to you by DraftKings. CHGO White Sox podcast presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I read it twice. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. This is Studio A. I'm Herb. I'm chilling. Look how relaxed I am. <laughs> Usually this is Sean Anderson. I don't look like him. You might be a little thrown off. The voice, the look, if you're watching live on YouTube, thank you. We you gotta curl. You. you gotta curl up in that oh, chair yeah. like Sean always does. <laughs> it's like, oh, guys, <laughs> hey Sean, what's going on, brothers? I can't. Great do Sean impression. Oh my Sean oh, my impersonation is so great. Over there. Uh, so usually I'm sitting in the middle seat. I'll introduce Janice in a second, but we usually go to the left. Our guy, CHGO White Sox beat reporter, writer extraordinaire, Vinny Duber, all the way to the left. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, and the one in the middle, sitting in for me which I am sitting in for Sean, is Janice Scurrio. She is from CHGO Sky. What a great show. What a great year by the Sky this year. They were so close to going back and winning the championship, but they got beat by a better team, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll I, leave it at that. Like, yeah. I know there's, there's hate. There's hatred between the Sky and the Sun. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the the sun is in the Sky, and the Sky hates the Sun. Um, so. <laughs> and they got beat by the Aces. Absolutely. Uh, Where sunscreen is essentially is the only thing I can say about that. But uh, I have uh, just been in a per- perpetual rut of depression after that. Mm. And not to mention that, unfortunately, I'm also a White Sox fan, mm. which kind of doubled down on that. Uh, but now here I am today here to chop it up with you fine gentlemen to talk and, some White Sox baseball. And speaking of the team that won the WNBA, that is where Sean is at. He is in Las Vegas right now, chilling out, enjoying some time off. He'll be out the whole week, so you'll have to deal with me doing the reads, me hosting the show. Janice is going to be here, so we're going to have some actual smart stuff in the middle <laughs> instead of the nonsense that guy who usually sits in the middle. And Vinny's going to be his usual self. We'll be talking about music and all the great things that come with Vinny. Right? There you go. There you go. It basically just begins and ends with music. Music. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious tiki bars that you can go around the country from. All that stuff. You you even gave Sean a tiki bar recommendation in Vegas. I hope Viva Sean Vegas is going to make it out to Frankie's Tiki Room because that's a good one. That's like 24 hours a day. It's off the strip, but it's like in a a shipping container. It is. It is a hoot. I mean, there's nothing better than finding a nice spot that is off the beaten path, especially in Vegas when you get the same garbage lights and casino thing every day Mm -hmm. when you find something that's unique and you can actually go and enjoy with regular people who are living in the city not tourists man that's the essence right there (laughs) speaking of the essence we want to talk about what happened in these major league baseball playoffs talking about depression the houston astros that team winning all these damn games is making me sad they're going through teams easily i love the mariners and they just like, who are these guys? Get out of here immediately. Three games sweep. And then the Yankees, they had me rooting for 
the New York Yankees over them, and they dismantled them really quickly. Your guys' thoughts on the playoff series between the Astros and the Yankees. First, we'll start with the AL. Janice, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I, for one, was, was rooting for the giant meteor. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, whom I was hoping uh, would win the ALCS. Uh, but, yeah, the Astros. Uh, I... I really hate myself for saying this, but you really do have to hand it to them. Uh, they are an absolute buzzsaw, but you could have said the same about the Dodgers uh, or the Mets. So, uh, yeah, I think one guy that we should definitely keep our, an eye on is Jeremy Pena, a rookie, uh, having a fantastic uh, postseason, uh, perhaps pro- one of the best postseason performances I've seen besides maybe Bryce Harper, whom I Ugh. imagine that we'll, we'll talk about in just a little bit. Uh, but Pena is ridiculous. Uh, 3.53 average with two doubles, two homers, four RBI, uh, and he's also the fifth rookie to win league championship MVP honors. So, uh, really great for him. And the thing is, though, uh, what the, what the heck do you do about Jordan Alvarez? Like, how do you pitch to that guy? Uh, just it, it, it just seemed as if the entire Yankees staff was completely just mesmerized by this guy. Um, so, like, how do you pitch to him? I, I guess the short answer to that is that you don't. <laughs> I mean, it's a really good uh, question, but. You have to with him. You have to because the rest of the lineup, Alex Bregman, uh, Tuve's not hitting as well. He had just got out of his slump, but you got the Jeremy Pena guy. Um, it's just an embarrassment of riches for the Houston Astros, even though they're not cheating anymore, apparently. They're just going through teams like anymore. Hot Knives Through Butter. And they have a series coming up with the Phillies, who are the eighth-place team in the National League. It seems like it's going to be a steamroll in the uh, World Series. Vinny, what do you feel about the Astros and how they've done their work in these seven games where they've just ran through teams? I mean, I I think I saw the tweet last night from Jeff Passan over at ESPN that was the Astros are inevitable. Yeah. A nice little uh, Avengers reference that I uh, appreciated there. But uh, listen, he's right. I mean, this team has been so damn good from start to finish. And by start to finish, I don't mean opening day. I mean, for the last, you know, the better part of the last decade, pretty much. Um, this is the this is the textbook. This is why teams rebuild, to try to be like the Astros. Uh, doesn't always work. Mm-mm. If you want to go ahead and look to the north side of Chicago, or uh, if you're very pessimistic, the south side of Chicago. But, uh, you know, the, the Astros have managed to do it. George Springer, don't need him. Carlos Correa, don't need him. I mean, all these, all these guys that they've had that have been the guy on that team, get them out of here. Who cares? The, the Astros are going to have somebody behind him to go from Correa to Jeremy Pena, and he's the guy that's hitting the big home runs in the, in, in the postseason. Incredible. And, uh, you know, this is a team that has been the best in the new playoff series. If you are, or in the new playoff format, I should say, if you're one of the folks out there who was mad, you know, oh my God, it's a, it's, it's not a reflection of who the best team is. All these teams are March Madnessing it all over the place and getting, getting advancing into the, uh, into the later rounds. Well, then the Astros are for you, must I say, because they, they have been the best team in baseball all this season, with, uh, along with the Los Angeles Dodgers, Janice, who you brought up. Uh, obviously, they're not playing anymore, but hey, if the, the Astros are in the World Series, what else is new? Sky's blue in other news. <laughs> and for us White Sox fans, the problem with the Astros going 7-0 and and facing the Phillies, who are the eighth-place team in the National League, it threatens the White Sox record of 11-1 and in 2005, which is the best record in this wild card era. I think the Astros are going to easily go through the Phillies. Before we get to that, how devastating would it be for the Astros, out of all the teams, to take over the White Sox big-time record, which a lot of national media people already have forgotten. As soon as the Astros do it, it's going to be evaporated into the sky. 
Uh, I, I think probably the only thing that we could hold on to is uh, four complete games. How about that? Try that, Astros. <laughs> Please, do it. Throw the, uh, I'm throwing the gauntlet down. Yeah, I mean, it'll be cool if they sweep, but uh, I'm going to need to see those complete games first. Very, I mean, listen, they just, if they go undefeated, they deserve it. They've earned it, that's for sure. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's maybe a nice little reminder that uh, 2005 was a bit ago. Yeah, it was. It was. Maybe, maybe you know, I'm, getting, I'm starting to get some 85 Bears vibes from, uh, from White Sox fans with the 05 team, and it's like, all right, you know, the team's playing now also. What do you mean? <laughs> Got to hold I, I, I on thought, to something good in this world. <laughs> I thought 2005 was just 10 years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> and coming up, we got an anniversary uh, two days from now when the White Sox did win that World Series. It'll be 17 years ago. <gasps> God damn. Man, such a young Herb was enjoying life. 26-year-old Herb. Now, old crusty where'd you, where'd you Where'd you go? Where'd you go post-game? Um, we were at the score at the time, so I had to just celebrate the score. Yeah, okay. literally at the score. They, we weren't covering the games until the year after, but we were doing a uh, post-game of that show, just pretty much celebrating on the air, and then I went home and slept. That's pretty much it. And then I, for the victory parade, I had to work again. Sounds pretty low-key. Oh, man. Sounds I was, pretty low-key. I was, I was a low-level... Um, I think part-time producer at that time, so I had to do my thing and uh, not celebrate the, the victory of the White Sox. And pretty much, I was on the board. Jay Zawoski was next to me, who runs CHGO Black Blackhawks, and one of the hosts there. And he allowed me to get up and like do a victory lap real quick, celebrate, and then get right back on the board. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Alex Rude was nine years old. I think Does I might even have... count. He's even got me. He's even got me beat on that one. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. I was you like 13? Oh 15. man, in high school, what'd you do? It was, it was a school night, wasn't it? <laughs> I was at home. I think I watched the World Series and went to bed and got up for school the next Janice, morning. Janice, were you a White Sox fan in the back then? I, I absolutely was. Uh, so I think I might have you more beat on the low-key uh, part of it. So I was 19, a sophomore at DePaul. Uh, I was living with my parents, and, yeah, we were watching the game together. Uh, and I had a 9.30 class, or no, 8.30 class. 8.30 class the next day. Uh, I watched a sophomore the game. this time? Yeah, I was a sophomore, yeah. Did you choose a should learn class? Better. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I made many questionable decisions back then. That's just one of them. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just watched the game, uh, bought out the pr- the, brought out the pots and pans with the family, went outside. There you go. Did that, and uh, yeah, just went to bed immediately afterwards, so... <laughs> I'm just remembering what what a boring 19 year old I was. I, I was boring as hell. What the? There you go. That's that's what the White Sox should be shooting for. They need to win the World Series again so people can have some better celebration stories this time around. <laughs> I, it was just so quick and it happened so fast that I didn't think anything about the White Sox and celebrating it as a 26 year old. I did not do any of that. So yes, White Sox, you just need to win again. So let's go on to the Phillies. They beat my San Diego Padres pretty handedly, 4-1. to one. They looked great in all those games. I mean, they pretty much – Wheeler, the guy the White Sox identified as the, the ace pitcher they wanted, they offered him more money than Philadelphia Phillies. So you can never – I can, can't blame the White Sox on that one. They offered more money, and he just chose to go to a different place. And he looked like the guy that the White Sox envisioned him to be. Bryce Harper looked like the superstar that they signed him for. All these guys just came together. Kyle Schwarber with bombs all year long and in this series in particular. Philadelphia Phillies, while I'm not giving them much of a chance versus the Houston Astros, are a formidable opponent. I call them the White Sox on the, on the National League side. What are your thoughts on Philly going forward in this World Series versus the Houston Astros juggernaut? 
the Phillies to me are sort of like my fictional fantasy White Sox, just mainly because they consist of so many players that I really wanted on the White Sox. So uh, Nick Castellanos being one of them, Bryce Harper being another. Uh, but I feel as if I know uh, the Astros are the huge favorite, but I feel as if we really can't count the Phillies out. Uh, they put a team together uh, that was like absolute horseshit defensively, but who needs defense when ball go far, <laughs> right? Like, like, like who needs that? Um, just ridiculous homers. And I think even too, I, I might have watched that Bryce Harper homer video at least 20 times today. Uh, but anyway, he's having a fantastic postseason. Kyle Schwarber, uh, he's another guy I wanted on the White Sox as well. Uh, there are so many of them. Uh, but anyway, uh, they are an incredibly fun team to watch. And I feel as if they will, I will hopefully, they will hopefully put up a fight against the Astros. Yeah. I- Odd to think of a uh, team from one of the, you know, what, four or five biggest markets in the country that spends through the nose, yep. uh, and uh, they're the big underdog going into this one. But uh, that is the case. Uh, listen, I guess if you're uh, one of those people out there who is just constantly saying, uh, you know, back the dump truck of money up to everybody's house that you can find, and uh, it'll get you to the World Series, Phillies just did it after being for, for what, two or three off-seasons. I've been laughing uh, laughing at them going, all right, spend as much money as you want, Phillies. We all know you're not making it to the World Series. And up until the last, uh, up until the last couple of weeks, that has certainly been the case. But uh, now we've got uh, some proof, some proof of concept, I guess, that they can fly a pennant with all that money that they spent. And you're right, they've been fun to watch. The home run. The home run is is the key, and I think uh, we noticed it uh, quite glaringly all year with the White Sox and how a team that was supposed to hit a bunch of home runs was so, so underwhelming because they didn't. Here's the Phillies, a team that was supposed to hit a bunch of home runs. They did, and they're going to be playing for a championship. I mean, think about this. The Phillies barely got into the playoffs. They're a game better than the Milwaukee Brewers, and they snuck into the playoffs beat teams they weren't supposed to beat. The Atlanta Braves, who I thought were a juggernaut after seeing them live, I was like, there's no way that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to beat the Atlanta Braves in a five-game set. They easily did that. They beat the Braves' uh, uh, doors off. And then to beat my San Diego Padres, who were doing great things. And I think San Diego, after beating and slaying the Dragon, which was the L.A. Dodgers, who had dominated them for years on end, it's kind of like a – Ah, relaxing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we finally beat the big time dragon. That was their World Series. Yeah, everything yeah. else is gravy. <laughs> like we don't, we're not expected to be in the NLCS. Everything else is gravy. So, I felt when that Kyle Schwarber home run off of you, Darvish, in the first game was hit, I was like, yeah, that's that's, that's fitting. That's over. Yeah. It's pretty much done. <laughs> you know, you Darvish pitched well in this thing, but he had to go against Wheeler both times and. His performances in this NLCS give me hope that they can steal a game. And at the minimum, when the Astros do win this World Series, because I got the Astros winning this, the Phillies can take one game off of them, and they can only tie the White Sox 2005 record. Because this Astros thing, as uh, Jeff Passan put it, is inevitable. It's going to happen. Good for Dusty Baker. I'm glad that he's going to finally get a World Series. And then Joe Spot is going to be available to go to the Miami Marlins. (laughs) <laughs> well, the Chicago White Sox, guys. All right, let me get to a read before I get to uh, on the next segment. We'll be talking about our guy, Tim Anderson. But Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change that. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because their friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are per, uh, premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays They have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. 
If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Sean will do that. Yeah, Sean, so he's going to he's, – he's, right now he's probably standing in front of the Bellagio waiting for the fountains to go off. Sunglasses, boom, in the water. They shoot up into the sky because the fountain catches one of them. He's going to need a new pair. I was imagining and, punching himself in the face. Because you know. <laughs> he's in Vegas? That, that, that is a lot more creative. I, I think I like yours better, Benny. If you do any of those things, you drop it in the water, you throw it off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell if you're holding in my hand, it seems like as good as any expensive pair they have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree over 200,000 five-star reviews on their page. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that anybody that has a problem, they'll throw profit out of the window and do whatever it takes to make things right. Free returns and exchanges. And hopefully, Sean, when you're out there in Vegas, keep your Shady Rays on your body. But if you don't, you know you get got the buy, the guys behind you. Free returns and exchanges. You love them. You love your shades, or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of this season. Use code CHGO for a 50% off two pairs, two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can always get two pairs as low as $54 at Shady Rays. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest styles and best shades. Now, for Timothy Devon Anderson Jr., hmm, Mm. he is the White Sox leader, in my estimation. He is the guy, the the model is, change the game. So, Tim is White Sox. This year, I thought Tim Anderson did not have his best year. I think most White Sox fans agree with that assessment. Now, we're grading him on... I usually grade him on the player that he is, not necessarily all the players around him. I give him an expectation, and if he failed or he rose to the occasion, I grade accordingly. Janice, I'll start with you first. What do you think Tim Anderson's offensive grade would be this year, uh, 2022? What would you give him? Oh, to begin, just kind of looking and breaking down the numbers, uh, Tim's numbers, I think a lot of what could have been. So uh, he was injured for most of the season. Uh, you know, shocker, most of the team was. Uh, so uh, just looking at even how he just came out of the gates in April and May, uh, 896 OPS, 384 Babbitt. We all call him the Babbitt merchant. Mm-hmm. Uh, struck out 20 times, uh, and that is through 178 plate, plate appearances. So, so, so that's through April and May. Was absolutely just tearing the cover off the ball, the TA we all know and love. So the groin injury in June happens. Uh, and then the hand injury, which happened later on did not help at all so from june to the end of his season which was early august that's a 576 ops 308 babip 35 strikeouts through 178 plate appearances so generally almost the same sample size the dude fell off the face of the earth just due to these injuries so when I was grading his offense, I was thinking I really wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, just being because uh, suffering from a knee injury right now myself, I am not necessarily at the top of my game, as one would have seen me hobbling up the stairs of the CHGO office. Can you give us three hits today, though? 
<laughs> I, I, I do make soft contact. So, I mean, I, I can are, at least... Tim Anderson. I can at least leg out an infield single. I am pretty good at doing that. But otherwise, uh, I, I gave him a B. Uh, and I'm not grading him based on the fact of, you know, hey, this is what he was and this is what he could be. Uh, it, it's really more so of recognition of what he did those first two months and also recognizing that uh, his body was not in the best shape. His body was definitely not uh, in the optimal form in which he can hit at a high level that I know he can. So uh, I feel as if, uh, I mean, will he ever go back to that 2019 season where uh, he won that batting title? Uh, That's really, really hard to say. But otherwise, um, just even looking at some of the projections that are coming out, Fangraph says that he will continue to have 20 home run seasons with OPSs in the upper 700s, low 800s. And I feel as if that's fair to expect from him. So, I mean, um, there are still signs of the old Tim Anderson. So he was hitting 397 against left-handed pitching in August. Do you guys remember when the Sox could hit lefties? Oh, man, such a good time. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, it it was mostly Tim Anderson. It was mostly Tim Anderson that was, like, just (laughs) making ridiculous contact off left-handed pitchers. So, I mean, I I think it's also safe to say that he probably would have likely had a better season uh, than his 2021 season if he had stayed healthy. So, yeah, that is why my overall assessment is a solid B. Vinny? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to ding guys for injuries. It's not it's not their fault that they went out and got, and got hurt and that prevented them from doing what we're used to seeing them doing. That being said, this was the worst season Tim Anderson's had in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the pr- three prior, he was what we always say, Herb, right? Tim Anderson's Tim Anderson. Yep. Right. You know what you're going to get from him. It's going to be really good. He's going to get on base a lot because he's going to hit that ball to right field over and over again, and he's going to be the guy that makes this team go. In every facet of his game, he could not make the White Sox go this year. Uh, that's offensively, defensively, uh, and, and from an energy standpoint, and I think obviously that last one is a result of the results, you know, I mean, he's a guy, he was probably the the prime example of when everybody's sitting around and complaining, why is this team not fun anymore? Why is this team <laughs> so lifeless out there? Well, it's hard to have fun when you lose, and it's hard to have fun when you're not getting the results that you're used to getting that power that fun, that power that confidence. Uh, Tim Anderson never lost that confidence, of course, but he lost the results and whether that was a direct result of the injuries or whether it was just a direct result of him having a a tough year of him slumping which obviously we saw him do for for an extended period of time uh all that being said he started the all-star game uh uh, and I, I think he deserved that if not necessarily from the numbers that he had at the time from what he has earned the place in baseball that he has earned he is still very much the face of this franchise he's still very much in my opinion one of the faces of this game uh and I I don't think that changed with a down year but Tim sets his own standard right and we didn't see him meet that this year I think he'd probably be the first person to to tell you that he knows what's going on obviously Um, but of all the attention given to the team's offensive approach Rick Hahn coming out at the end of the season and saying that the White Sox they, they lost their way offensively and they need to get back to it Tim Anderson is not one of those guys who needs to go to school and, and, and go back to, uh, you know, to revamp everything. He just needs to be Tim Anderson. And I had every bit of confidence that had he made it back at the end of the year, at the end of September, we were going to see the Tim Anderson we're used to seeing. Um, it's tough, obviously, with the hand, and I, I'm glad 
in a way that they kept him out because that injury might have taken some time to come back from, and time is not what the White Sox had at the end of the year. Um, so maybe it would have been tough for T.A. to do his typical thing. By the time spring training rolls around, it should all be a, a thing of the past, and he should be right back to doing the same thing that we're used to seeing from him offensively. Because he did not meet his own standard this year, I'm more inclined to, to grade him kind of tough and give him maybe a C-plus for what he did offensively. Again, some, m- much of that might not be his fault with the, with the injuries, but there's so much mystery with an Aloy Jimenez or, or a Luis Robert that when you see them affected by injury, you go, okay, well, we don't know what they can do necessarily all the way. Let's, let's wait till they're healthy kind of thing. Tim Anderson, we know. And, and, and I have no problem giving him that grade after what the results were this year. You mentioned, Janice, a lot of the numbers, and the one that jumped out to me is the OPS way, way down, yep. even from what it was just last year. So, um, you know, he's a guy that needs to get back to being him, and when health allows him to do that, he will. But this year was not a good year, and I don't think uh, anybody uh, – other than that all-star starting nod, I don't think T.A. And, and obviously that fantastic moment in, in New York, which was probably the only real moment for this White Sox yeah. team this year. Uh, other than that, I don't think this uh, year was uh, had much to remember for T.A. And I, th- <clears throat> I think our guy Baloney said that. That was pretty much the offensive highlight for the White Sox this year, this home run after the whole Josh Donaldson-Jackie uh, – uh, kerfuffle that happened in uh, New York. But, yeah, T.A. fell short of his own expectations. I mean, he's been an 800 OPS guy for the last three seasons, and we expect that. And he usually brings a little uh, OPS, but that's, I mean, a little on base, that's usually powered by him hitting his way on because he doesn't walk that much. But it all counts the same. Yeah. It does. <laughs> and then he usually provides a little power. The power was really zapped. From a lot of White Sox, including Tim Anderson, six home runs only in uh, 79 games that he did play this year. So, yeah, for me, it's a very disappointing season for Tim Anderson, and availability is the best ability. So, for offensively, I'm going to mark him down to a B- minus because he's still an above-average offensive player in the major leagues. And as Vinny said, that first half, he earned the all-star starting shortstop spot for the American League. He was a good, solid player at that time and then just fell off the table. I mean, maybe the injuries, maybe just playing through a tough times were his downfall. My main concern for Tim Anderson is the defense, and Tommy Barbie says it right there. T.A.'s defense Mm -hmm. is more of a worry for me than his bat. T.A. through that had – every year you think that T.A. probably was a bad defensive player, but if you're using – Outs above average, which Sean likes to use. I know my guy Alex Rude likes to use. 2018, he was eight outs above average. Two outs above average the next year. Two outs above average in 2020. 2021, he was a whopping three outs above average this year. Minus two in the 79 games he played. So it was not only the airs. He's not getting to many as many balls. His arm strength is not at major league average anymore so that's what's concerning me hopefully all this was just because he was just playing through injuries janice how do you feel about tim anderson's defense this year and what would you grade it right so you mentioned the outs above average uh, so in 2022 that stat was at negative two uh, so given that and also his drs which i'll talk about in a little bit uh defensive runs there saved uh 
he pretty much had his worst defensive year since 2017. So in 2020 and 2021, I felt as if Tim and I, I remember talking to him at the last Sox Fest. You guys remember Sox Fest? I do. Remember I that? do. Yeah, so I actually met Tim Anderson right before uh, that that uh, Sox Fest, and I asked him, "Hey, so like, are you working on your defense?" Which, in retrospective, is kind of like a, a weird question to ask. And and, <laughs> and then he said he, he he was really chill, really cool with it. I was also nervous as hell, by the way. Uh, so and then he he totally knew he, he totally knew that I was completely losing my shit. But but he but he was cool with it. He was just like, you know, I'm working, I'm working every day. Uh, I'm I'm always improving my game. I'm always looking to see what I can do to be better. And lo and behold, uh, even though we got a belated start to that 2020 season, uh, that was probably one of his better seasons defensively. Uh, fast forward to 2021, his DRS is finally in the black. It's at three. Uh, and then you, you come up to this year, negative seven. Uh, so yeah, again, uh, worst defensive season since 2017. So I know we're also giving defensive grades here. I'm going to have to, oh my God. I, I, I'm honestly probably more disappointed in his defense, uh, just mainly because it looked as if he was actively trying to improve and trying, trying to get better. But like you said, Herb, uh, I'm, I'm sure he was probably playing through those injuries and I'm sure uh, that uh, that was affecting him one way or another. Uh, so for his defense, I'm going to have to knock that down to a D plus. I don't know. I don't know if the stats back it up. I, I, certainly, anecdotally, I would say that Tim Anderson, who had a very bad defensive season, mm-hmm. had a very bad beginning to his defensive oh. season. Mm-hmm. And I think it, once you got out of that really ugly start, he was probably more like the guy that we've come to know. Not that that is really all that great, but more of you know he's going to make some great plays and he's going to make some errors and some bad plays. And I think that's kind of. That's kind of what you've come to expect from Tim Anderson. He was well he was well south of that early on this season. Obviously, he had a couple of games there that that really stick out like sore thumbs. But um, listen, you're right, Janice. This is a guy who we've seen improve defensively. Who we have seen go from you know that that horrible 2018 season where he made all those errors to to jumping it up to to and you know we we heard from the coaching staff where he's where he's working every day and he's he's taking all those ground balls certainly he hasn't stopped working but the results of that have 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 slipped and and a guy who worked so hard to improve now needs to work harder to get back to where he was uh and that's you know that's a shame when you see that slide backwards. Injuries obviously have a, 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 an effect, but early on in the year when he was making all those mistakes, not hurt yet. So um, again, I, I, my thought on TA moving forward is you can throw twenty twenty two out the window pretty much because I have the confidence that he is that he is going to be back to his usual self in all facets next year, uh, and that includes defense. Where yeah, he might not be that great. But he hopefully is not going to be that bad from the White Sox standpoint. So um, I, I think that uh, defensively, yeah, you can give him as low of a grade as you want because the numbers were not pretty. I would tend to maybe grade him a little easier this time around because I do think that after a real choppy beginning of the season, he kind of re- got back to the standard that he has set for himself, even if that is not one that excites too many people. And I spoke about his defense. I don't think that he is this guy – as Vinny said, it was early in the season. I think it was the Cleveland series in particular yeah. where he was just a butcher, and people were like, get him out of there. He's terrible. He had like nine errors in the first month, and people were like, mm-hmm. this is enough. I've seen enough because, you know, you saw Timmy early in his career where he was really having difficulties being a defensive stalwart. Then, as Janet says, he worked on it, and he got better. The footwork got better. The arm got better. Everything 
was improving, and this year was a step back. So for me, I'm going to say his defense probably like a C- minus for me. Let's pull up the uh, grading card for total grade for Tim Timothy Devon Anderson Jr., Stephen. Oh, yeah. We're giving us offense uh, aggregate game grade of B, defense C-, minus, overall B-, minus C+. Plus. So we're being nice because hey. – Tim's our guy. For me, Tim's my guy. He's, Tim is also my guy. He is the White Sox to me. And this is why bringing up this question is going to be hard for me. There's two things. Do you see with the rumors out there that the White Sox are open to shop most players or open to trade most players? They're not willing to, but like except for Dylan Cease is the only untouchable. Do you see the White Sox, Vinny, like actually – listening to other teams for Tim Anderson's services? I think they'll listen. Okay. I don't know if that means that they'll, they have any intent to do anything uh, when it comes to T.A. because of, of what we've been talking about. I mean, T.A. Is the, is the face of the team, and for and not even just because, you know, he's, he's a real good player. You know what I mean? Like, it's everything that comes with him. Mm. Obviously, he is a real good player, but it's everything that comes with him from an off-the-field standpoint, from an attitude standpoint, from the guy that he is in that dugout, in that clubhouse. Um, and, and, Melissa, you're absolutely right. The, you know, the, the White Sox will go as far as T.A. goes. Uh, and I think we, we talked about that well before this disappointing season. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We, we talked about him as the guy who, who really fuels everything for them. Tony La Russa, Talked about it all the time. He's the igniter for this team, and he's absolutely right. Uh, you know, I, I think you stick him at the top of the lineup and you let him smack that ball to right field, he's going to get on base. He's, when he can use his legs, he's going to use his legs to try and make stuff happen. Uh, he, he pushes the issue, but most importantly, he's the attitude that this team needs to have. And I think what you saw this year, whether it was from the results, whether it was from, uh, as I mentioned, the the – the emotion that Tim was was displaying or the the way that you thought Tim looked on the field, Tim Anderson had the season that the White Sox had. And I think, uh, you know, he he obviously didn't have the worst season out of these guys. You know, Moncada, Grandal, they were uh, abysmal offensively. Uh, and, and T.A. was better than those guys. He started the All-Star game, for crying out loud. But he disappointed and, and he suffered through injuries. And what did the White Sox do? They disappointed. They suffered through injuries. I mean, T.A. lived up to his reputation as the guy who embodies this team. And he just it just happened to be on the other side of the coin that we were used to seeing from the first couple of years, or, or I should say the, the three previous years, to this one. So uh, I, I have every confidence that T.A. will be back at shortstop back in the leadoff spot, and doing the things that he normally does for this White Sox team next year. But – Herb, I think, it, I think it goes to show you where the White Sox are, that that is not a ridiculous question, yeah. as it would have been in off-seasons past. I mm-hmm. think that most White Sox fans are like, what? Ridiculous. Even HL here in the, in the uh, comments is saying, you know, trade him for pennies on the dollar? Yes, I understand. Tim is not at the highest value that he can be at, but people around the league still see an all-star sh- starting shortstop there. Absolutely. They think that this year is a outlier instead of the, the actual rule. Janice, your thoughts about Tim Anderson maybe getting moved, or do you think the White Sox would even entertain that? Like you said, Herb, uh, right at, at this point in time, his trade value would be relatively low. Uh, so, I mean, if hypothetically, if they if they do trade uh, him, uh, 
the White Sox will not get much back in return. But, I mean, Vinny, I'm with you. I'm, I, I feel as if, you know, you, you can listen to offers. Just, you know, just be curious. Like, like, like what, what, what exactly, what sort of outside interest do people have in Tim Anderson? But the thing is, though, I mean, uh, just be speaking from a more removed esoteric standpoint, if Tim Anderson gets traded, I would be just in shambles. I, I, I think I would just absolutely just not be happy. Uh, just mainly because like, like you, he is my guy. He is, he is the first White Sox player I met, uh, after I started, uh, covering and blogging and covering this team. Uh, and he was just absolutely just a, a fantastic person to talk to, just really cool, really down to earth. And to talk more about, uh, more off the field stuff. One of the reasons why I love Tim Anderson so much is because he always makes the right people angry. Uh, <laughs> just even too, just thinking more about the whole uh, uh, Josh Donaldson, Jackie, uh, whatever the heck that even was. Uh, just even looking at Twitter, which is a perpetual cesspool, uh, just the the right people were absolutely just absolutely enraged by uh, his side of things. And the other thing I love about Tim Anderson is that while he brings out the worst in some people, and I, I mean that as a compliment, um, he also brings out the best out of uh, a lot of baseball fans too. And so I think just uh, objectively, he is a very interesting like an interesting person in the baseball world. Well, and this might be a little bit more general in Herb. I know I've brought it up before when on, on shows past, but applying it to TA, and Dan, you're absolutely right. The Sox are trying to win the World Series. Yep. Uh, when you trade someone like TA, if you trade someone like Aloy Jimenez, if you trade someone like Luis Robert, these guys who have all this potential and all this team control, by the way, what do you usually get? You usually get a whole bunch of prospects. And... It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean it would be a bad trade, but it changes everything for mm -hmm. the White Sox. And if you're trading the guy who we keep describing as the embodiment of the attitude that you want to have, then you're really changing everything <laughs> for the White Sox, especially if that's in conjunction with Jose Abreu going and finding another team. Literally so what I was going to say. I think that, uh, I, I think that um, if they were to trade Tim Anderson, that would say an awful lot about where they think this team is going to and very negatively at that in, in my opinion and maybe you maybe maybe Rick Hahn's got some magic up his sleeve and he would be swinging TA for three everyday major leaguers or something like that but I see a guy uh, who has the kind of trade value that would net you a future haul if you will and uh, it doesn't seem to me to be where the White Sox are at. Alex Rude uh, just brought up this point. Uh, yeah, he's uh, they've built every marketing campaign uh, for pretty much the past three years around him. And I know this organization loves to save money. They always talk about how, uh, yeah, uh, we, we, we're looking to save money wherever we can. So, I mean, I don't know what the marketing budget is like, but I'm pretty sure they don't want to completely uproot the whole change the game thing uh, because Tim Anderson is no longer on the team. Uh, that even hurts to say. And uh, Melissa Sage Bolenbach says exactly what I was going to say. Preach, Vinny. Took the words right out of my mouth. Can't lose both Jose and T.A. I think, you know, even if you want to entertain and listen to what other people are saying about Tim Anderson, it doesn't hurt. It's always a good to get a good assessment of how your players are judged by other teams around the league. But I believe that Tim Anderson, and I've said this multiple times, is more valuable to the White Sox and the White Sox community than he would be to anybody around Major League Baseball, any team, even a close team uh, from where he was born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and like the Atlanta Braves. 
which they're going to probably lose their shortstop, or at least their shortstop is a free agent in Dansby Swanson. I think that Tim Anderson is just more valuable to what he does for the White Sox on and off the field. He is just an ambassador. He embraces what the White Sox are. And as Janice said, and a couple people in the uh, quotes, like Alex Rude said, they ran a campaign around him. He has changed the game, and he's changing the game for the better. I think that Tim Anderson should be a White Sox as long as he wants to be a White Sox. Cause he, and the same thing I feel about Jose Abreu. They have established themselves as White Sox lifers. It will be really sad to see either of those two go either by their own volition or by the White Sox uh, kind of pushing them out. But I got to read. And then on the other side of this, we'll get to some of your guys' uh, mailbag questions because it is Mailbag Monday. It is time for October baseball, and I'm betting all the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the World Series. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has a championship-worthy offer that you can't miss. New customers can just bet $5 on any of the World Series games and win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Want to boost your winnings? Check out DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Well, this World Series we discussed earlier in the show, it is the Astros. It's the Phillies. If you want to win more money, bet on the Phillies to win it. It might be a donation, but you'll be donating to a good cause. DraftKings Sportsbook, which helps us out. Thank you. But if you want to win some money, actually, put your $5 down on the Astros. They'll win one of those uh, seven games. I, I guarantee the Astros will win at least one of those games, and you'll get your $200 in free bets from DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO and bet $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. And got to tell you about GameTime. GameTime is the hottest new ticketing ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting on... A seat that you never had, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy on, tra- on, on Game Time. You won't find a better deal this season than, let's see, on White Sox tickets, which is over now, Illini football, which I love, Northwestern. You can go to a Blackhawks game, Bulls game, anything this winter. Go to GameTime and uh, download their app. Created by the fans, for the fans, guarantees the low prices. I just discussed earlier that I went to Atlanta to buy uh, Atlanta Braves tickets. And and if you're watching on YouTube right now, below this, hit the descriptions. You'll see the GameTime app uh, link. Hit that. It'll take you right to the GameTime app. And you'll get tickets for the lowest price. I got tickets, and then I checked on other sites and... By my surprise, there were lower tickets on a different website. So I screenshotted that, sent it to game time, and within 12 minutes, I am not BSing you, within 12 minutes, they gave me 110% of the difference back. And so I got the lowest price and money in my pocket, in which I used $46. Me, myself, Steven, and Sean, we went to a couple games via game time later on in the year. So it was good times, great oldies. I love game time. It's my favorite thing. 
Uh, if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. It's the best way to support us by buying your tickets through the link on the description. As I said, if you're watching on YouTube, it's there. Also on your favorite podcast platform, it is also in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats on all your favorite events. Now, Stephen, let's go to our mailbag segment. Let's go with our first question by Sam. It might be Sung Hoon. We're, we're going to get there. There it is. Mailbag question. Is there any p- pending free agents on either the Phillies or the Astros you might think be a good boost for the White Sox if we can get them considering? This is from Sam, our guy, in Hinsdale, I believe, still. I don't know where we are, Sam, but he used to uh, text <laughs> in with the uh, Locked On Sox people. He's a good guy. And here's the list of the free agents to be for the Phillies and the Yankees, the two participants in this World Series. I don't know if you guys can see that list in front of mm-hmm. you, but it is not a very good list. I mean, Justin Verlander is on that list, but he does have an option for himself, so he pretty much will come back. Um, it doesn't look good. Nola's, nope. Nola's an option too, right? Austin Nola? Aaron Nola. <laughs> oh. yes. The good, the better Nola. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is, but, you know, let's look at the list up here. I believe Segura has an option as well. Both you, uh, Segura any? and Nola are club options. There you go. Okay. All right. So you see the club options for Gene Segura, Aaron Nola, Syndergaard is f- free, Corey Kniebel, Kyle Gibson. Any of these names for the Phillies give you any heebie-jeebies that you, you want to maybe have the White Sox check in on these guys? Yeah. First of all, don't let Rick Hahn see that list because there's a lot of relief pitchers, too many relief pitchers. Uh, Cam Bedrock at the bottom right there, Bedrosian. <laughs> there, I mean, there is David Robertson, yeah. Former I, think, Sox, I think that experience Former White Sox great, being, 37 and a half years old. Was Bring not it back. being serious, by the way. Please do not sign David He got a hold yesterday, didn't he? <laughs> hey, I've, I've, <laughs> hey he, he, I turned it on right when he came in. and Woo, friends. That was not great. But uh, Tough. he, uh, not he, I have mentioned Noah Syndergaard in the past, and I think a guy like him maybe fits what the White Sox might n- might be wise to explore with that open rotation spot. Um, Syndergaard has been all right, so he might get a, a nice payday, and perhaps that that makes things diff- difficult for the White Sox, given that they might be looking for uh, another one of those Johnny Cueto type signings, another one of those Irvin Santana type signings. But uh, if they want to go the little bit more of the reliability route uh, and and kind of shore up that rotation, Syndergaard, you could do a lot worse than Noah Syndergaard, but he probably had a nice uh, a nice prove it year for himself here, and and is able to mm-hmm. to maybe get. Uh, 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 a nice little, a nice little raise. Yep, I absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, the rotation for the most part is locked in, but of course, too, you can never have too many starting pitchers. Uh, I'll, I'll be very happy if Johnny Cueto comes back, uh, but yeah, the rotation can definitely benefit from Noah Syndergaard on the back end. And if we're talking about championship Astros, we'll look. Let's look at their list. Justin Verland is at the top of that list, but he has a player option to come back for his forty-year mm. season. Michael Brantley, who I've been coveting forever, mm. is a free agent. Finally, Will Smith has a club option. The relief pitcher, not the uh, catcher from the Dodgers. Trey Wiki, Mancini. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. <laughs> Trey Mancini is available. Yuli uh, uh, Gurriel is thirty-eight years old. Martin Maldonado, a nice backup catcher. Christian Vasquez, another catcher. Anybody that catches, they have another catcher, Jason Castro. Just, mm. just glomming up all the good catchers there. White Sox could use one of those good catchers. I'll say that right now. I'll take either Jason Castro or Martin Maldonado on the White Sox tomorrow. 
Mm. Yeah, I think uh, if they weren't in the roster situation they were in at the, mo- in the, at the moment with Yasmani Grandal, I'd say a catcher would be a very nice move for these White Sox. But uh, Yas is going to be uh, eating up a lot of money and therefore probably a lot of playing time. Uh, I think the hope is that he's, you know, being a lot more healthy next year and that he could do a lot more damage than he was able to do in 2022. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't anticipate him being supplanted on the catching depth chart this offseason, even if uh, that might be uh, a wise idea if, from a blind resume standpoint. But uh, I guess the name that jumps out to me then there is Brantley. Um, mm. He's a guy who's been very, very consistent his entire major league career. Uh, White Sox fans know it well from when he was smacking hits against them all over the yard when he was a, a, a Clevelander. But, mm. uh, you know, the, the White Sox, I don't want to say they need a corner outfielder because it seems like that outfield's a little crowded as it is. But certainly you uh, would do well to have a guy out there who has played that position for many, many years and shown that he mm-hmm. can uh, uh, handle it defensively while there are still so many questions with what the White Sox have in the corner outfield spots. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you there. Uh, so I think the most attractive thing about Brantley is that he is an actual left fielder. Uh, and especially if Aloy Jimenez, if you want to move him to a full-time DH, I would not be opposed to that. Uh, Brantley's defense is above average. Uh, I mean, he is 35, uh, but he's also had the same batted ball profiles for the past couple of seasons. Uh, although I did see his power is kind of declining. Uh, I think the most interesting thing about him is that this past year, he had a 27.9 career low fly ball rate. So therefore, he will fit in very well on the Sox. <laughs> I would love Michael Brantley, but he's 35. That's the only thing, and I, I hate being an ageist, but I would have loved Brantley for multiple times where he was a Cleveland Indian back in the day, and then when he was a free agent with the Houston Astros a couple of years ago where it was rumored he was going to go to the Toronto with his uh, partner, uh, uh, I Springer. Name, Springer, and that never happened. He re-signed with the uh, Houston Astros. 35 in life is very young. In baseball, more and more, it's not that old. You know, back in the day, you used to say 35-year-old. No, that guy's over the hill. I'm looking at the guy right right above him on the list, and it's Justin Verlander, and he's going to win the Cy Young this year. He's going to get some MVP votes. And Alex Root thinks he's going to get out of the deal. He's going to not assign that player option and try to get more money out of some team. So if he's available and if Justin Verlander is pitching like this, hell, check in. Make sure you see if Justin Verlander wants to stay in Houston after this season. If he doesn't, we have a good spot up here in Chicago. He can be right there in the number one spot or maybe number two spot right behind Dylan Cease. You're going to put Justin Verlander below the guy he's going to beat for the Cy Young Award? Hey, he's old now. Hey, you're a rookie. I think think you just convinced him to go back to Houston. Hey, you're you're a first-time Chicagoan. you got to go down. Come on, Justin Verlander. you got to pay your dues here. And I'll get to the second. um, He might have more career wins at at the rate than Dylan Seastone. 100% does. That's guaranteed. I'll get to your second question, who's your daddy, in a second. But, Chicago, you already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted. And the best sports gear around, FOCO, has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north side to south side. With hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between, get decked out like DeMar with the apparel with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or check in the link in the description below for all non-sale pre-sale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Janice, do you have something else you want to add? Uh, the only thing that I had to add while you were saying that is, like, don't get FOMO. Go with FOCO. Look at you. All right. 
Foco. Janice is here. If you guys need any uh, promo ideas, she's got you hooked Absolutely up. Absolutely. I'd also ideas. like to shout out one of our commenters from earlier because, or her, his or her uh, screen name is uh, Waldo Wolf with a picture of oh. my all-time favorite White Sox mascot, Waldo the White Sox Wolf. So shout out to that user because I had forgot about great. that. That was like early yeah. 90s, right? Oh, yeah. That was right when I, I was a little kid, first going to baseball games. I had all sorts of Waldo the White Sox Wolf merch. Yeah, they, a they had a kids club with Waldo Absolutely. being the face of that kids club. I, I, I remember it well. And he, he was not a costumed character, but he was a cartoon character up on the uh, old timey video boards there at the at the new the new Comiskey. So I always like a good Waldo the White Did Sox. Did you Wolf also reference. get something if you were in the kids club, like got discounted seats if you went there in the Waldo? No, we had like a club. ball with him on it, and maybe like a you know some. Like a pin or some trading cards or something. I think it was like a certificate and maybe a voucher for a game. I, I, I might be making that. I up. know kids in Chicago who went to CBS schools. If they got perfect attendance, they got free tickets to uh, a White Sox game late in the year. But I was a Wheatonian, so I'd never got tickets to the White Sox games. Also, uh, Alex is absolutely right. I think uh, in referencing the annual salary that Max Scherzer got last year as a free agent, Verlander will get more than that. Mm. You think so? I do. He's amazing. He is amazing. But <laughs> he's well, the best pitcher in baseball. I understand that, but I every year I look at him like he's got to break down. Why are we like uh, yeah, and you saw what Max Scherzer did this year. He was pretty effective when he did start, but he only started 23 games. So how so long sign, are, So keep signing if you're Justin Verlander, keep signing one-year deals worth 42, <laughs> 45, 50, just keep going. I mean, these guys are just getting older and older and better. I mean, Tom Brady's playing well. I mean, not this year. Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs in late 30s and things like that. So maybe Justin Verlander will sign for more than $40 million, which is mind-blowing. I just thought about this the other day with uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper doing so well in the playoffs. Their deals are steals now. Like, Manny's like the 20th highest annual average value for his contract when he's making $30 million, and he's – he can go get out of his deal next year. And most def- most definitely, he's going to be like 31 years old. He's going to get out of that deal. Man, just a deal and a half. Maybe we could sign Manny Machado back then. I thought you were going to say, maybe we should become professional baseball players. <sighs> I tried. <laughs> Couldn't hit anything. That was the problem, man. <laughs> can they just make me a professional baseball player for one day, please? I'll get, like, give me one a day po- doesn't get you $40 million, me, dollars, I give don't me a, think. I'll take 1% of what Joseph Verlander <laughs> made this year. Good pinch run for Yasmani Grandal. Easily. We know that will be, be not the case, Stephen. Hey, you wouldn't lose that much. Not that much. We'll have an entire episode just bemoaning about uh, about how you're how you're performing, Herb. So I don't, I don't know if you want that. I don't know. Hey. You, I don't know. I don't know if you want the smoke. I'll take it. I'll take it. One percent of forty million. What is that, Stephen? You're the math guy here. I don't Why know am I what the that math is. Guy. I don't know. I'm I'm broke. Is that four hundred thousand dollars? I believe so. Yeah. Bring. I, give me that, that money. Yeah. I Let's would get the Hoosier well. Daddy's uh, question, and we'll close out the show. We pretty much answered this uh, with our story or with our talking earlier. Prediction for the World Series and who wins and how many games, Janice. Ooh, I I have a feeling that they are going to pull off the sweep. Although I don't, I, I do not want them to for very selfish reasons. So my head says Astros in five, uh, but my heart wants it to draw this out as painfully long as it possibly can be. Uh, but my heart says Phillies in six. Hmm. Wow. All right, Vinny. I'll say Astros in five as well. I don't think that I don't think they sweep them, even though, I, because here's the thing: we talk about how they just did against the Yankees, who were the second best team in the American League this year. Mm-hmm. But were the Yankees the second best team in the American League when they played them? And I think the Good Phillies point. are 
they're doing what you're supposed to do. They got hot at the right time, right? So they got a couple home runs in them. They'll they'll launch some in one game and 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 you know edge out to the Astros one time. But I think one time's all it'll be. Yeah, I wish they can win one game, and I would say Wheeler has a chance. But we were talking earlier, like. How do you pitch to Jordan Alvarez? How do you pitch to Alex Bregman? How do you pitch to Jeremy Pena? How do you pitch to Altuve? How do you pitch to all these guys on their roster? I think it's going to be 4-0. I think the Astros are going to sweep the Phillies, and that's not a bad thing for the Phillies. Winning the National League was not expected of them this year, and getting beat by a far superior team is not a thing that you hang your head about. Philadelphia is having a great time. The Eagles are undefeated. The uh, Phillies are in the playoffs right now. I'm sure the 76ers are doing good things right now. There's probably so, there's probably another Rocky movie on the way. I think there is. I think there's a Creed movie on the way where See? he's fighting um, versus Clubber Lang's kid, which also doesn't make sense because I won't get too much into it. <laughs> Apollo Creed died when he was in his mid-30s. Damn, uh, uh, Creed Jr. is like he's supposed to be in his mid-20s, but it doesn't time out. Like He died in Rocky Four, like in 85. He would be like 40 years old now. Come on. If only Rocky had the continuity people at, over at Marvel uh, helping them out here, it would be much better. He'll be old as hell, and Michael B. Jordan is old as hell himself. He's playing like a 25-year-old, 30-year-old guy. So, yeah, it's not realistic. I just want a, a like an origin story of Thunderlips. There you go. Of Hulk so who Hogan. plays him, though? Hulk Hogan, of course. Hulk, like uh, like 70-year-old yeah. Hulk Hogan's playing? Hey, brother, I'm just old in my geriatric. He's like, he's like he plays his grandson. So, yes, I want an uh, origin story of Thunderlips from uh, Rocky Three. That's going to do it from CHGO. I know it just threw me for a curve and went all the way. This is how you get when you have a Herb-hosted show. So if you don't like a Herb-hosted show, you won't be watching this weekend. This Yell week. more at us. Um, Sean will be back next week if you guys just want to tune out and then come back next weekend. But uh, it'll be me, it'll be Janice, and it'll be Vinny this whole week. On Wednesday, we have a very special guest, Jeff Perlman. He wrote a book about Bo Jackson. You know that guy, number eight for the White Sox, hit that clutch home run for the White Sox to win in 1993 AL West at the time. He'll be, right, he'll be joining Janice and I and Vinny to talk about that great book. And then tomorrow we have grades for, I forgot who I put down. I think uh, the grades are for, uh, I don't know. Someone but, who played for the White Sox this uh, year, White sure. Sox player. Later in the week we'll have grades for Liam Hendricks. Kendall Graveman will also be part of that. Uh, Joe Kelly will be part of that. We'll be handing out grades for all these great people. And for Vinny Duber, who is at Vinny Duber, he is our CHGO White Sox beat reporter. In the middle is the great Janice Scurio. As I'm saying your, right, your name right, perfect. Janice? Perfect. Absolutely Perfect. Janice is our host of CHGO Sky. The Sky are uh, our champions of basketball from the year before. Next year, they'll be much better. No, they won't because they're losing all the players, aren't they, Janice? I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm sorry, Janice. <laughs> I'm sorry, Janice. Janice is joining us, and your uh, Twitter handle is? At Scuriosa, which is S-C-U-R-I-I-O-S-A. And I'm Herb Lawrence. I usually sit in that middle part. I'm just the CHGO community leader and host today for Sean Anderson, who is in Viva Las Vegas. Viva Sean Vegas. Oh, yeah, enjoying some. Oh, he's going to get that average uh, burger out there, that in and out Ugh, that averageness out there. It's average, Lawrence. Come on. It's just because you're out west. That's the only reason it tastes delicious. I, I do like it, but Portillo's Burgers is better. Thank you, Vinny. That's why he's the CHGO beat reporter. <laughs> he tells the truth at all times. So, for Vinny, for Janice, and our great producer, Steven Alexander. I said, what's your name? I said your name wrong. 
What? I'm Steven I'm, Alexander. I'm who's Steven what? Alexander. Yeah, I freaked that? out. I'm sorry, Steven. Is that your middle name, Steven? No. Oh. I'm Herb's not. a big middle name guy, so I thought maybe that's what he was going for there. That's what uh, I thought was Steven happening, Nicholas. too. Steven Nicholas. Steven oh. Nicholas. I don't know. Wow. Nicholas or Ann Alexander. Sure. I'm two dying first names. here. That was I'm, a tough look, man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> dying here. Whatever. It's the end of the show. If you listen this Herb far. Herb just metaphorically tripped and fell in the alley. <laughs> Nicely played, Vinny. So we'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock here on YouTube. And you can see this train wreck again. Bye.